from Carson Block with Zero's TV, and I'm giving zero fucks remotely today from California, joined virtually by my colleagues at Muddy Waters, Freddie Brick and Krista DeLuca. How's it going, guys? Hey. It's good. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us from what looks like a pretty idyllic setting back there. Um, nice of you to take time out of your schedule. Um, <laughs> It's true. So look, I mean, you didn't have to move. You didn't have to move to Texas, bro. Right? <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm back in Texas. Yep. Um, couple week hiatus. I think Soren stepped in and, in my position the other week. You just decided. I, I thought Soren could just do it on his own. With well, you blew your 10 million bonus. You know that, right, Krista? Yeah. Uh, look, that, you know, you was... should not be threatening me on video you know that right i just no. you the bonus was to be like a regular and dude you know soren showed up and you were talking this big game beforehand about like how you were going to bust his balls and then as soon as like he walked in in his radiance as soon as the just, heat like, got real i was yeah. like see ya you know what happened so actually carson krista called me all panicked and she's like look soren's just turned up i've realized what i'm wearing clashes with his hair so she she made an excuse she said she couldn't do it and she's wearing it again this week so Soren did show up and asked me he's like come on dude you you have to have a brush he was so upset in the office he didn't have a brush on him and he's like I know you have a brush is it that you don't want to share it with me and I'm like dude I don't have a brush on me I don't like can you imagine what those Japanese kids at the orphanage I know, all those I years ago would have given for a brush full of ginger hair this. yeah or to share, yeah, to share their brush with Soren and then get it back. Well, this, you know, this leads into like some things that happened in my absence that one of which was actually irrelevant to my life and one of which has had a really profound effect. So I got COVID at some point on my trip to Europe. Total fucking irrelevance, okay? Like, yeah, a little bit of a cough and a sneeze and whatever. But I also got a haircut. And I know a lot of the viewers are thinking, this is quite a fine haircut. And from the front, it's okay. What I didn't realize until a few days in was the guy didn't cut any of the back. So I've got this like trucker's mullet thing back here. I did it. It's just horrific. Yeah. So um, yeah, one has affected my life badly and state of mind and possibly future mental health and the other really not much of an issue. Um, I did see bit of a risk for guys with long hair. I mean, it, you know, you're assuming it. You grow your hair that long, so. What pronoun are we today? Trucker. Exactly. Trucker. <laughs> so anyway, from one health disaster to another, um, monkeypox has, I think, double the amount of cases in New York. And as someone pointed out, that has coincided with a short-selling conference so, well, Fraud Fest, which really is a kind of short-selling conference. Do you think the spread of monkeypox was at one of the after-after parties, maybe? 100%. Carson? Well, I mean, some of the, I don't know, chief culprits or suspected culprits were actually not in town. So, I don't know. I mean, Soren was in New York. So there's some overlap, you know, if he's sharing brushes with the wrong monkey and, you know, then he. 
see him explaining how he caught monkeypox sharing hairbrushes. That's going to be, that's a good one. Um, but in all seriousness, um, you spoke at Fraudfest, um, very much the, the headliner event. Uh, yourself and Rob Jackson going after, at it after uh, Josh Mitz's miserable face was brought up to present his bullshit and lies. Um, no bias here. No. Um, yeah, like, how was it? Well, first, yeah, like, all bullshit aside, like, Krista, your impression, you watched it, so I think you did. So, like, what'd you think? I didn't watch it. Um. <laughs> I mean, all these, like, emails of support, like, you got this, boss? You know, like, <laughs> you couldn't even watch well, the meant, fucking like, thing? When I was talking, I was talking about yesterday, I saw you on TV, but I, I, I saw that segment. Not, that's what I was remarking on. But I heard I I heard feedback from days. Alex that you were the winner. Yeah, no, honestly, he just told me as well. I, even though he was at the conference, he didn't watch it either. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, did. he did watch it. He did watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, so yeah, I so Rob Jackson, former SEC commissioner, and was a mentor to Mitts. So he first got this thirty-minute video of Frank. Uh, Partnoy, who's the really the primary conference organizer, is a professor at Berkeley Law. So Frank's asking him some questions about about Mitz's short and distort, and then our distorting the shorts. And I mean, this was just textbook. If you get the book "Spy the Lie," it's written by these um, ex CIA and FBI polygraphers, and it gives you their five or six deception techniques that it outlines for people responding to questions in a way that's deceptive. And one, and like when you are looking at transcripts of conference calls with managements where the companies are under suspicion for something, I mean, you just see them like use these techniques time and again. And that that's so much like what Mitz was doing when Frank asked him, you know, questions that were, you know, kind of touching on, did you commit academic fraud? And I mean, one of my, I mean, my favorite thing that he did was, so you answer a different question, right? So you just start throwing out all kinds of information that sounds authoritative, but it's in response. To, I mean, it's not in response to the question. So you're like establishing this faux authority and it's, and it's faux transparency. But then he just starts talking about, so the crux of this thing was, you know, aside from all of the other problems in Mitz's paper, he claimed when he published this um, first in 2018, he claimed to have studied 1,720 pseudonymous short attacks on mid-cap company, mid-cap and large-cap companies, 2 billion market cap on up over an eight-year period from the beginning of 2010 through the end of 2017. And Back in 2019, I shared the stage with Mitz debating this, but he hadn't published the underlying data at that point. So it always seemed really fucked up. Like, where do you get 1,720 short campaign reports on 2 billion plus companies by pseudonymous guys? Like, we're not pseudonymous because, you know, like I've always been associated publicly with Muddy Waters. So it's the people who don't let their identities be known. 
so it was always like way too big a sample size. And he, I mean, and he always disclosed he got it from Seeking Alpha. But anyway, um, so he published the underlying data in 2020. And earlier this year, I downloaded it for the first time. And I saw that only 20.9% of the article's authors were short the stock in MITS's data. So basically 80% or 79% in MITS's data, he had no basis to believe that they were short. And he drew and he calls it short and distort. And he talks about how uh, manipulation by activists, synonymous activist short sellers is widespread. So anyway, the crux of like the fundamental issue that I pointed out in our paper is that he didn't study short selling. But anyhow, so rather than really addressing that, you know, Mitz is like, ah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not 100%. It's, uh, I'm sure it's higher than 20, you know, 30, 40. But, but then, of course, there are the, the authors that are getting paid money to buy hedge funds and, and he starts like prattling on for minutes about how authors being paid by hedge funds are just as culpable as activist short sellers if they're manipulating. And it's like, whoa, no evidence at all to make this statement. None, no fucking evidence to make this statement. And like, so then he continues the next 25 minutes, like dribbling the air out of the ball, you know, referencing that statement, that conclusion and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like complete bullshit. So anyway, that ends. And I had had prepared remarks yeah, I was going to start off talking about how there's a global war on truth and the battleground in the financial markets is against activist short sellers and journalists and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My prepared remarks were like out the window. I mean, it was like almost hard to, you know, like avoid picking up my computer and shouting into it um, about like how how much that guy was just lying and bullshitting um, in his response. So anyway, former commissioner, SEC commissioner, Rob Jackson was, was his lawyer. And uh, basically, I mean, he took it to be like, you know, his lawyer because he never pushed back on any of the factual assertions, or, I mean, you know, basically the facts of Josh's problem in Mitz's data, but he just kept trying to impugn my credibility by pointing out that, um, I'm under uh, DOJ investigation and therefore I'm lashing out at Josh and I can't be taken seriously. That was at first his really his only defense then. But he was also trying to he was also using the Chewbacca defense. But ladies and gentlemen of this supposed jury, I have one final thing I want you to consider. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a Wookiee from the planet Kishik. But Chewbacca lives on a planet Endor. Now think about that. That does not make sense. Damn it. What? He's using the Chewbacca defense. Why would a Wookiee, an eight-foot-tall Wookiee, want to live on Endor with a bunch of two-foot-tall Ewoks? That does not make sense. But more importantly, you have to ask yourself, what does this have to do with this case? Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with this case. It does not make sense. Look at me. I'm a lawyer defending a major record company, and I'm talking about Chewbacca. Does that make sense? Ladies and gentlemen, I am not making any sense. None of this makes sense. And so you have to remember, when you're in that jury room deliberating and conjugating the Emancipation Proclamation, does it make sense? No. Ladies and gentlemen of this supposed jury, it does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit. The defense rests. So he's like, but we should talk about the bigger 
picture, you know, bigger questions about the relationship between academics and finance and academics and, and industry. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not here to talk about that. So I was able to, I was able to punch through the Chewbacca defense. So Krista, I do want you to like, Krista CH, I do want you to stick in like a Chewbacca defense no, cut. I'm not listening all. to this either. Yeah. Sorry, man. No, 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 no. It's the, the Krista who listens to stuff. So, yeah. So, so, so anyway, I punched through the Chewbacca defense stuff. And um, yeah, then, you know, he's just, I mean, trying to impugn my credibility that way. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then, um, but then, you know, I occasionally, you know, used some profanity. I referred to Mitz's uh, paper as a pile of shit. And so Rob then Jackson then jumped on that and said that mine is a very non-academic critique and it's evidenced by my use of profanity, which Oh my god. I don't know, man. I just felt like that that was like New Jersey shaming me, you know? Like clearly New Jersey shaming you. I, I can't you... help it. I'm I'm from New Jersey, just like you can't help the shit you say because yeah, you're Italian. I would say, you know some of the shit you said. Fuck you, Rob Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Right on the money. Fine. Oh, that's I mean say it how you really feel. No, I mean I'm not an idiot. Rob's actually a good guy. Like, I, I mean, I've met him. Yeah. So the, yeah, the he download, is. He just, the download well, I got, just got from... Just got some bad friends. Yeah. The download I got from, from people who watched it who were totally impartial because they're A, my friends, and B, short sellers, um, <laughs> totally was he actually myself. did a really good job. Uh, what One of the comments I got was like, look, Carson did an awesome job. I would probably hire Rob as a lawyer equally because he's really slick, does that kind of politician glance nothing really lands thing so people said they really enjoyed it they said it was like very worthy adversarial debate and um i think at some point it's going to be out for public consumption maybe or a couple of days a couple of days i think yeah i think that's the idea that berkeley's going to post the uh the videos at some point but no clue when i mean if not we could buy the rights get it on dvd and you know it's, dvd it's, yeah dvd i was just watching this um yeah so i'll tell you about dvds well because well because um, well, i mean in texas right now i think you're not allowed to stream because of the electricity it consumes right so i think so you know i, I think it's something like that but this is my approach to that everyone else is going to be using less air conditioning Everyone else is going to be using less, less electricity, water. less streaming. Yeah, fuck that, okay? I didn't get us to this point. I'm going to use as much AC as possible. We've got it set to like 58 in the house. So if Ooh. the grid does blow, I'm going to be like the last bastion of cool, and it's going to take like 12 to 15 hours before my house is as hot as everyone else's. And by that point, hopefully they fix the grid or we've left Texas. So that's uh, that's the way I'm dealing with this particular problem. But uh, so, so, Krista, what what is going on in Texas? What's the state of Texas here? Can we get a Texas report from you? You should be very happy that you're. I mean, that you are where you are. I mean, it's really, it's post-apocalyptic, basically. Yeah, it's super dry. Animals are coming out that they've never even fucking seen before. I told you guys about a little bit about um, this five-foot snake that knocked on my glass door and wanted in so so and like what do you mean by knocked on your door because so I'm, i thought it was at, as, I, as i recall snakes don't have appendages so really 
Um, so at eight o'clock, they might have night, some, they might have dicks. I there's got to be like a snake dick, but snakes, other than yeah, that, yeah, snakes have penises. Yeah. You were both okay. So anyway, did it use its penis or how did it knock on no, your door? No, no. I'm in. I no joke. I'm in the kitchen. I thought I I thought it was a you know Amazon delivery whatever. I I you know the do, the dog started. I was gonna say the dogs started. The dog. The dogs the started dogs. barking. <laughs> I, I I was like, stop it! It's it's the guy. You know, he's just dropping off packages at whatever time. Um, and no one was there. And then I'm like, holy effing shit! Is that a head? Because part of our door is all glass. And this a, a fucking snake's head. That's all I saw was right on my glass like like and started banging on the glass and i'm like what I, well, you know I, snakes don't have good eyesight right no i didn't know that yeah snakes are like mostly blind they like taste the air with their tongue so it was doing that yeah. so the pest control guy was at my house yesterday and i'm like is it because it's been so hot and the he said it, it has been a drought and you're, i've seen things now that i've never even seen before then i showed him a picture of the snake that we did not, we unsuccessfully killed. Um, yeah, and it was- Unsuccessfully killed. Wait, what's, I'm, I'm struggling with that too. <laughs> no, I meant like, it just, it, we, we, we couldn't kill it. Um, it got away, but- um, How were you trying to kill it? So our neighbor came over. He's this guy from East Texas with like a thing and like. Oh, did he have like the night vision goggles no, and like, like oh, the I'm, AR? And he's, he's like, I'm like, fucking ready to roll. No, but I wanted that. But oh. like, they're like, no, this snake is, you know, it, it eats rodents. Well, supposedly my pest control guy, he's like, he wasn't after the. the, the she thought your dog was a rodent? That's no. That's mean. No, he told me what the snake was thinking. He's like, the snakes, it's feeding time. He, it was after Whalen. Well, I'm like, oh my God, I need to move. I start crying. I mean, the whole thing. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, that's too bad your neighbor didn't kill it because it's definitely it's gonna, gonna be back. come back. Oh, it's definitely gonna come back. I'm like, I wanna see you every three weeks. He's like, I'm That'd not on that plan. Five feet might've been off to you. Like, it might have been thinking, like, that's so a I'm tasty like, snack. He, I said, you know, its head was really small. He's like, are uh, you they, kidding they me? They hyperextend the jaw. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, get one of these. Yes. Also. They detach. The jaws detach. So, like, the bottom jaw, I think, comes across. Yeah, them and some yeah, he's female like, yes, adult movie stars. This is not stars. poisonous, but it would kill your I dog. I was going to say sure. that. It would kill your dog for sure. If it uh, bit you, it would be well, super painful. Well, they don't bite. Wasn't it, wasn't it, like, a constrictor of some sort? No, they don't have constrictors in Texas, I don't think. No, it's probably a venomous. I don't know. Um, it was not, was it, it wasn't venomous, no. You, but this isn't, a few weeks ago, you had an armadillo banging at your yes. door. Trying to get in. I was trying what, to get away from the fucking snake. Yeah, the armadillo was in the back. They're not the smartest animals. I, I've never, I feel is. like it's like Noah's Ark over there. Like, it's just yes. like, I'm seeing shit. I'm like ready for a giraffe. I'm like, it's just, I know. You had a dead crayfish in your driveway. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get to your door. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand this. What's happening? Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're like, it's, do. You, you're really connecting with, you're really connecting with the wildlife there in Texas. You're sort of like the Ace Ventura of Austin. <laughs> I kind we're, of am. We're gonna have to go to uh, to Walmart and see 
Like, we'll go to get you a gun and we'll be like, yeah, we need something for wildlife. Not for intruders, not Let for like... Let me tell you something. I know this sounds so bad, okay. but I'm going to say it anyway. If I had a gun, I would have shot the shit out of that thing. And I think you'd have missed. I'll be really honest. Um, I actually have pretty good aim. Okay. So I don't think... I mean, that's not a problem to do that in Texas, right? Like, you're... You're okay well, to I shoot a fucking some gals, snake in the and they're like, "You don't have a gun." <laughs> you know, you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> Honestly, why you gotta be very careful shooting outside? If you hit one of those protected trees, they are hauling your ass to jail. Okay, like I thought that's California. No, here oh. they, you cannot touch Dude, right, trees. Right, right after we moved in, like we were in our place <laughs> for a few days, and it, it was a new build, so. I guess when they put in the pool, like they took out a tree. So they had to like plant, you know, blah trees in place of it or something. So anyway, this woman showed up at the door and she's got like a lanyard around her neck. And she says, yeah, I'm here to inspect the, uh, you know, the, the trees, uh, they should have planted in the backyard. And, you know, so I'm just going to go let myself in. And I'm like, isn't this Texas? Like, you know, aren't I allowed to fucking shoot you? I, I definitely want to, like, I'm, <laughs> You know, like, I'm fuck confused. you. I, I moved here to get away from this. Like, the tree police, like, coming <laughs> into my yard. So like, that you know, I just moved in. Fuck. I know. Only you, Carson, that this would happen to. I know. Uh, apparently not. I mean, like Freddie was saying, like, in Austin, there, there's there's a little bit of Northern California in, in Austin. Just a little bit, though. Not, not much. Like, not an obscene amount by any means. So no, just be very careful. Like I, I don't want you getting like a five stretch for you know murdering four trees or something with your AR if you have a bad aim. Just be very careful. But you can put a teardrop under your eye if you do it. Oh, yeah, true. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you get if you got a tattoo? A teardrop right under. My really? Eye. Yeah, like the gangs. Yeah, I want. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. That way you can move back into Brooklyn, right? Yeah. 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 Um, my peeps. Your peeps, the hood. Right. Anyway, back to you. Okay, well, so let me, all right. So, Freddie, you brought up, I mean, this is this is a political year. It's an election mm -hmm. year. Um, you know, like the pundits, they kind of take the summer off. So does Congress. We never do. Well, okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we never do. <laughs> Don't worry. None of our LPs are watching. Well, I'm always <laughs> thinking about yeah. these things. Yeah. So, anyway. He has, like, wine so, tasting at four. <laughs> I mean, we're filming this earlier than that, so uh, yeah, adjust <laughs> your expectations accordingly. In Australia. No judgment. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're you were telling me, and I'm really excited to hear this, but it's more uh, great long-form journalism, the Daily Mail, and you learn that Hunter Biden is in training for 2024. Yeah. So, firstly. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the Daily Mail, who clearly have like an internal crack investigative team and, you know, no pun intended with the crack thing. And they're clearly very <laughs> focused on Hunter Biden because this is the second long form journalism piece I have read in the Daily Mail. All I read is Daily Mail. Yeah. So usually the Daily Mail, you like click on it and you've got like the bit above, you know, whatever the fold. And then there's like three scrolls down. This is another one where it's like you're scrolling and it's like the tiniest bit moving. Um, great pictures of just like Hunter with his laptop, with his schlong out as usual. Um, some key details I like. Firstly, 
He gets an advance from his dad. Minutes later, he's hitting up the hookers. It's literally like, Dad, can I have some pocket money? Can I have some pocket money? Boom, I got the pocket money straight into the hookers. Like, there's minutes between the text messages. It's really awesome, okay? Secondly, bit of detail that as a man who's not consumer of hookers didn't know, when you negotiate price with them, and it was, I think this particular one for the girlfriend experience is about $3,600, and then he negotiates hours. Is that she true? Then, it's true. And then she tags on, I think it was like $3,600 for eight hours. And then um, what am I doing she, tag- <laughs> she tags on plus Uber. So I, I'm just wondering. Like, <laughs> it's good, right? I wonder if Uber is a deduction. I wonder if like it's a tax. That's, what I'm said, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, well, yeah, for her independent consulting service, exactly. of course it is. So, so this is the best bit about it. Some of the stuff um, where he might be getting in trouble actually is to do with like claiming some of this as me- medical expenses. Um, <laughs> some of the entries, it turns out he was Venmoing the hookers, um, which is ironic because I actually met my wife on Venmo. Totally different, but anyway. And um, we can go into that another time. Um, Yes. And the best thing is, like in Venmo, you have to put a little description. Now, oh, you do have I to. assume if you're like paying for hookers, maybe you just keep it private, but it's Hunter Biden. So one of the and descriptions was art consulting services, <laughs> which I just think is so awesome, considering this guy is like selling his paintings to whichever Chinese despot wants to pay half a million dollars. So it's just but awesome. He, but, but, okay, but... But he didn't go like and put like anal or anything in the, you know, comment section, right? Or... No, that's that's just on his like YouPorn account where he's tagging like what he's doing in these various things. Like, you know, anal, <sighs> two girls, one small white dog staring at camera. Yeah, it's a good description. Um, so anyway, it's so once again, I'm reiterating my call that for 2024, Hunter Biden is leaving Don Jr., in the dust i don't know man i you know the the trump family might need don jr to really step up here in 24 so i think he's i think he's a fighter i think he's a champion i think he'll rise to the occasion i think it'll be in pretty even match it goes the distance they're both they're both huge liars huge liars that's true well actually speaking of which I don't know, speaking of like big liar, Elon Musk. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. I think you, you sent it to me. The, I sent it to you. The picture uh, that he tweeted out um, with the caption like Hunter Biden when he goes looking for crack or something. Yeah. If, if we can get that up, it's it's a good person with like with cameras. With like eight to 15 cameras on their head. Um, yeah. He's a funny guy, Elon. He really is. I, I didn't know that about him. He's a funny, but dude, funny dude. I mean, so talking about Fraud Fest, um, Andrew Left was there and he was asked about uh, like about Elon. And I and I totally agree with Andrew on this. He's like, you know, here's the thing with Elon. Like he he does things he knows he shouldn't be doing. It's like, you know, he knows the oven's really hot. You shouldn't touch it, but he wants to touch it anyway just to see what it feels like, you know, even though he knows he's going to get burned. And he said, but he said with, with getting involved in politics now, um, he's like, he's stuck his head in the lion's mouth. I mean, this is just such a bad idea to, you know, suddenly 
you know, align with the right and the Republicans and, you know, like go to war against the Democrats, just really bad idea. And uh, I totally agree. Like it's something that I think he it just can't go well for him. But now he and Trump are at it. So yeah, I saw that. He's like, he's like, I don't hate Trump. I just he should totally hang his hat up or something like that. Well, so what happened? Trump, like, I guess, had a talk a few days ago at a rally called Elon a bullshit artist. So then Elon tweeted that Trump should just ride off into the sunset and you know and and call it a career or something like that. So then Trump came back and on. I think this was on his truth social thing. Trump Trump says that Elon came to the White House asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects. Whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough, driverless cars that crash, or rocket ships to nowhere, without which subsidies he'd be worthless, and telling me how he was a big Trump fan and Republican, I could have said, drop to your knees and beg, and he would have done it. <laughs> Now Elon should focus on getting himself out of the Twitter mess because he could owe $44 billion for something that's perhaps worthless. Also, lots of competition for electric cars. I mean, it's that's awesome. fucking... It's awesome. That's, that is so savage. And yeah, like, I don't know, Elon, like, where do you go from here? Because, you know, the left hates you, and now you just, like, the icon of the right, you know, is at war. But I, I did predict this kind of when we were talking previously about Elon buying Twitter. And I said, yeah, if he let Trump back on Twitter, it's like it would I like I can't wait to see when those two massive fucking egos could just no longer coexist in the same world and start going at it. But I mean, shit, like we really didn't have to wait long for that. This is this is like fantastic. I, I think I think I know where Elon's going ultimately with the. Um like evening the score with trump where he's gonna do what he does to every woman he meets he's gonna fuck trump's wife that's that's the go-to he's just gonna be and around she's gonna be pregnant because he, he's he, gonna he impregnate. hang on hang on i i gotta i gotta say something here because trump himself made sport of fucking his friend's wives it's true you know that's, that's this true. Is, i love this i love this i love this matchup like it's such a sideshow you know to 2024 this is you know, like who can fuck who's well if you're Donald Trump it's easier for Trump because Elon has more ex wives, right? So it's kind of no, a big spread. No, but the problem is with Trump, well like even Elon's like impregnating women or like around the globe or whatever now, like if you're Trump, which one do you try to fuck? It's like pretty hard. Right. That's good point. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I I've been reading this book, um, and like there's a component of it that talks about like Lloyds of London and how you can get basically anything insured. So you could basically go there and make like any bet you want. I, I kind of want to see if like we can get some odds on which of Elon's or Trump's ex or current partners gets impregnated by the other first. We should start and actually, bets. that seems like as good a way as any to decide a world leader at the moment. Like, you know, get them all in a room so you can <laughs> impregnate the other's partner because None of them that are competing for any of the jobs as world leader are actually any good at anything. Um, so, like, why not make it into much more of a reality show we can all relate to? I mean, the thing with Elon, he just seems like he's so fertile that 
you know, if you share, if you use the same bathroom he did, you might get pregnant. <laughs> Seriously, how many children does he have? He has an unfair advantage. I think nine at last count. No way. Yeah. Is that a joke? No, no, for sure. I mean, he's got yeah. four, three ex-wives, right? And then a couple of side, side pieces. Uh, oh, yeah. he's got a, he's just, got a side piece and then a side, just, side piece. Yeah, he, no, yeah. Because yeah. really. Grimes so, was the side piece. Because he's still. I, I can't. Still I can't keep up. I don't know if he can keep up. I don't think he. Can I mean, I don't really try. It just kind of, you know, fascinates me. Startups. He's CEO of or children. Mm. That see that we should find out. That's, talented. Guy. That's yeah. That that's a yeah. That's kind of a hard question. Um, I mean, maybe the goal is to like get a woman at each company pregnant. With Twitter, huh. you know, like, but that—that's when you're like so baller, right? Like, you—you you can do that. It doesn't—it doesn't matter, you know. You just like, you know, like I don't have to pull out. Like, ah, here's here you go. There's the college fund. See ya. It's so fucking baller. Uh, I gotta be honest. Based on what he's done with Twitter, I'm not sure the guy thinks that much when he gets excited. I think he's a little bit more impulsive than we sometimes give him credit for. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, I think that's become increasingly the case, like year after year. You know, it's just, I mean, it's kind of like you know, the, he and Trump have such similar personalities, I think. But just you know, as you know, each time you you get away with shit, it's just like you're less and less and less restrained over time, and you know, eventually, I mean, when the things you've been doing that are pretty crazy and you know, times antisocial result in significant like enormous fabulous success i don't know like you're just probably gonna smash the last of your filters somewhere along that journey and you know this is what you get yeah um that's that's fair um so from um one crazy man to uh another crazy man um well not so crazy just worked very close to crazy um slash failing up uh rajiv misra i notice is leaving softbank now this guy is just awesome like ruins deutsche bank not that there was like you know th th it was heading that way he just kind of like really put the pedal to the this metal. is like the cold war and you know reagan like he just helped get it there faster okay and then he does, like, it seems anything and everything possible to just, like, incinerate money at SoftBank, uh, which, again, Massa needs, like, no help with, but uh, really looks like this guy's like, whoa, we're not losing enough in startups. Let's start trading derivatives and see if we can incinerate money faster on it than we are on a mark-to-market -market basis over here. And uh, I notice he's quit SoftBank, and Mubudala, like, lining up with a $6 billion fund to back this retard. Like, how does this work? Like, what is the conversation between Allocator and him that, like, makes anyone feel good about well, this? But, you know, Mubudala is, like, one of the biggest investors in the uh, SoftBank Vision Fund. I mean, like... How do they hang out Dude, but, after but, having such a bad experience? Right. This is this is kind of akin to me as like Tiger Global's largest investor, like after they can the Carvana analyst being like, 
yeah, we'd really like to have a conversation about your spin out here. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? You've had a you've had a front row seat at this complete clusterfuck. And like, there you are being like, well, we only incinerated 10 here. Let's throw another six in because this guy's got some real insight into technology investing. Yeah, but you know, it, it totally reminds me of, so I'm calling it, uh, I'm saying that he's going for the John Merriweather, I promise I'll do better next time award. I mean, you remember that dude, like that dude melted down um, at Solomon. So that had to be bailed out. Um, then he, he blew up at long-term capital. And then he blew something else up after that. I mean, people just lined up to give him money every time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, the other guy who also pretty awesome, just a contrast with Hunter Biden. He's like, you know, picking off like eight bucks here, 10 bucks there, painting is Jared Kushner. I mean, you know, everyone's mean about Jared because he kind of sounds strange and didn't solve peace in the Middle East. And I think his father blackmailed his uncle like with a There's hooker that, yeah. yeah like you know it doesn't come from the best <laughs> stock arguably um probably not even the brightest of the two kushner brothers uh low bar because the other ones well in i don't i don't know i mean i i think the guy who thought of the blackmail plot is probably brighter than the guy who did get blackmailed in that <laughs> one well not if you get caught ironically <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i but, you I, know in some respect in some respect, maybe it was worth it. So the world knows what you did to the guy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of look though at, at what he's achieved with raising two billion dollars from the Saudis, and I compare that to the mess that is Hunter Biden's bribery. He doesn't make a big song and dance of it. Like, look, he clearly tries to get some politically connected money to bail out his family's shitty real estate investment that he, I think, was largely responsible for. Then he comes in. He's like, okay. I'm going to guarantee myself like a 2% management fee on $2 billion a year. The, the scuttlebutt I heard on, on the deal was that apparently actually the investment team were like, no, this is pretty stupid. Like, we'd rather not. And it went all the way up to the really senior dude to like, no, 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 we are going to do this. This is good for us. This needs to be done. So um, you know, I kind of contrast the relative class of the Trump children skimming money doing drugs doing bad things relative to like the clusterfuck of the current biden you know administration. yes but that's also what i'm telling you don jr can fucking hang dude we'll and see. he can get up off the floor after winning and he can go skim some major hey, cash Hunter while hunter's like sending a too. message to his father for like more venmo Hunter can do that too. He's just naked and he's going out to get a croissant because there's a, um, a fish net over a hooker's head that he has tied up. And if you read the Daily Mail, I'm not making that up. That is a true thing that he actually did. Yeah, the Post, uh, New York Post had that too. The Post had that too, right? So it must too be true. Very, if the Post gotta, has it. <laughs> you know, true. you really got to hand it to the Daily Mail writing those articles. And I'm I'm being like, serious here for a moment because they sit in the uk which has very poor protections against um libel suits or you know defamation suits and i mean there's no first amendment there and you know they're like going to town and i gotta tell you i mean i've my interactions with u.s media in the past decade plus i mean i've just seen 
media companies, I mean, especially, well, the ones, you know, covering corporates just get absolutely cowed into silence by lawsuit threats. And so you got to, you know, hand it to the Daily Mail, like going there with Hunter Biden, you know, the son of a sitting president while publishing from the UK. I, they, those guys, those guys have some balls. They do. I mean, another guy who has some balls who didn't pull punches, uh, Dan McCrum and, uh, and the Money Men Wirecard book. What were your favorite parts, Krista? I had not read that book. Okay, it's fine, Carson <laughs> didn't write it. No pressure. It was, no, it's, it's cool. I asked Krista to update our CPI forecast for the second half of the year based on the uh, latest uh, inflation data we were getting before the CPI release. So, you know, she's off the hook on that one. <laughs> Uh, so have you read the Macron book? No, I just looked in the index for the parts that I was interested in so far. Me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, so, and a couple of other people in our orbit. By the way, you can get that book on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I oh, dude, mentioned Amazon that several hours ago. Amazon sells everything. No, for some reason you can't get it in the UK. I was talking about this with Charlotte, and she's like, I don't think that their publisher knows that no, they, you, they could get you this You can on get Amazon. everything on Amazon. No, the other week I, I bought coconut water on there. Um, it's really good for stuff other than books. I, thank you. Have you heard of the Amazon? Like the Twitter? No. I am so, unfamiliar. So, you know, interesting thing about Amazon if you asked that, I was uh, reading something the other week about they did like a survey of kids across America and they associate Amazon not with rainforest with the online um, ordering thing. I, I wonder at what point that inflection is made. That's, that's pretty fucked up and not promising for the rainforest. I mean, I have, hmm. How much do I want to experiment on my young daughter? I could tell her when she's a little older and she starts looking at the globe that they named the world's biggest rainforest after Amazon because <laughs> it's such an amazing company. <laughs> uh, I quite like that. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'd like to do that with somebody else's kid, to tell you the truth, not my own. Why but... don't we do it with a sell side analyst? I mean, it's about the same level of intellect. That's true. Well, we'd have to get a company to say it. True. I mean, like if Amazon said that, but they're just, they're, they are, they are like a socially responsible company, um, you know, despite the, the knock on them. Um, yeah, actually, speaking of that, I, the FT had this um, interesting article about a week ago, and it was talking about the labor shortage, um, especially in Europe, and in particular in the travel industry. And what apparently what the people they interviewed in the travel industry were attributing the labor shortage to, you know, cause it's like, where have all the workers gone? Um, apparently Amazon, they've gone to work. Um, like a lot of your, you know, your travel industry workers have gone to work at Amazon because they like don't have to talk to people. They just put in their, you know, their earbuds and like listen to whatever music or podcast and just fucking, Amazon you know, is approaching like, people move things from- around. Amazon, I could just say this, is approaching people in the travel industry. And they're paying well. Like, suppose, oh, like so much. They approached someone I know. Someone you know? Yeah. Okay. And like so many other people. I think I know people. who you're talking about. 
Um, I'm just saying, I but, find that really, really But you know really why I think, mo I'll tell you why it's but more acute. But the interview process is no. insane. I'll tell you why the shortage is more acute in Europe, okay? What they've realized is, because they have those little Kiva robots that move around the warehouse, Europeans have realized, because we're not as fat as Americans, but we are much lazier, that instead of having to go into a store cupboard and sleep, you can line up two of the little Kiva robots, just sleep on those as you're being paid, and the robot just moves around the warehouse. So they've worked out they can get paid like 18 euros an hour to just sleep in an Italian warehouse as the robot does the work. In fact, I wonder if there is real AI in those robots, if the European robots are going to start sleeping for like six hours on the job. That would prove that AI is a real sentient thing and is learning why, from lazy Europeans. Why, why would they stop there? Why wouldn't they just take the entire summer off? <laughs> exactly. No, they're not working at a, a French law firm. That's, that's not fair. Oh, my God. Well, we had this happen in the with a I UK know. law firm. That was and some, then it's that was unbelievable. Script, One of the, our French lawyers that we were dealing with in the past, I got a out of office, you know, from them, like, please contact this person. Then this person had an out of office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like his, the person that was supposed it just, to back him immediately, up just out of was offices. gone for three weeks. You get and like, I'm like, is this a joke? You, you, no, and I then, think. I think those were, I think those were the Brits, actually, Krista. Oh, no, not, I think the English I, guy was on, was on, um, like the uh, sabbatical. But then, like his, his the guy filling in for him was on, <laughs> the guy filling in for him was on a month-long vacation. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing living here? Yeah, I should be living there. You should live in Sweden. You know, you get two years uh, maternity leave in Sweden. Oh, yeah, so it's not. That's not going to help, Krista. But, I mean, okay. Wait, hold on. Would I have to adopt a baby? You could get another dog. I could get another yeah. dog. If Waylon was eaten by a snake, I think we would probably have to give. I can't even joke about. It. I can't joke about it. Yeah, but you know, like that's that's the problem, Krista. That is a really annoying dog. I uh, could see him annoying a snake, I'm so that snake would want annoying. to attack what? him. What did you just say? Like he's he would annoy the snake. The, the snake might attack him just because he's so annoyed by the dog. Oh, Waylon wanted to go after this friggin' snake. I'm like, are you effing nuts? Yeah. I then saw the body. It would make it, honestly. I know you guys are trying to be cool. If that snake was in here, snakes don't scare me. I got to be really honest with you. They just okay, they snake whisperer. Oh, okay, so so I so like talking about snakes That's like banging into glass. In the fall, <laughs> I took um, I took my son um, to the zoo with this like uh, group trip, um, and so anyway they. They took us into the uh, to this building where they keep like all these venomous snakes. In uh, it's like shut off to the public. Uh, the petting zoo. So, I, I don't know. The, the zoo. The petting <laughs> yeah, zoo. Exactly. Is that <laughs> so, so there's a there's a there's this you know, there's this like you know fish fish tank right of I mean it's not filled with water but it's they have the snakes there, in these yeah. fish tanks and there's this fish tank with a king cobra and it was really cool at first you know like a couple of kids were like oh man the, the fish tank was on the floor and it's covered but you know, they get, they start approaching the King Cobra's cage and, you know, like it hoods up immediately. Like, and then, I mean, before it, you That's could even a blink. That's good impression of it, a snake. Yeah, it, exactly it like lunges about forward. It goes, yeah. it actually did it twice into the glass. But I mean, it was so quick to move. Like once it, you know, once it was up and I mean, they, so that striking speed is actually something. So. 
the whole like, oh, I'm not afraid to. I mean, you know, if, if it's a venomous snake, man, I mean, treat that shit with respect. Like those things, treat once they respect. strike, it's. Quick. I would kill that thing in two well, seconds. Well, sorry, how do you treat a snake with I know. respect? What? Oh, I can't. Oh. I gotta treat you with respect. Well, you definitely don't want to extend like a handshake or anything I'm and like, look it in the in. eye. Should I give you my dog? Yeah. It's clearly. How, how did this, Freddie? How did you end up with a king cobra around your neck? Well, I, I, I went in for a, a good shake. Respect. A really good shake. I looked it in the eye. Yeah. I respect you. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I I don't know if it's like a short guy thing and you're like, oh, I'm not afraid of these fuckers. I'm just telling you, don't go like Napoleon on the fucking snake. Like, stay away from it. Don't, you know, like, don't don't flex on a snake. But if anybody ever fucks with my dog, forget about it. Yeah. You know what? Fucking forget about it. I actually think, like, to be honest, I know a lot of places do first aid training. We probably should, given you've moved us here as you sit in luxurious (laughs) California, sunning yourself in probably like a balmy 70 degrees next to a vineyard with like nice drinking water. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. Um, We should probably get snake training here. Like, and we should probably have a supply of tourniquets in case anyone's bitten by a snake. Oh, well. I mean, don't blame it on Texas. I mean, I'm sure I'm there are dozens of yeah. rattlers living in the you I'm know not, area absolutely behind me right now. But dozens, they don't bother I'm sure. You. you don't see them. Yeah, actually, I I have. You have. Yes, number of times, like or several times, but I've seen the, the rattlers not, here. Did you see the snake? I the, the picture. Of there the was snake. one that got really close to my daughter um, right after COVID started. It was like. Uh, there's like fucking plague, plague of ancient Egypt, right? Because it got pestilence with COVID. Then we had a mite, we had a, a mice infestation problem in the house, and at the same time, then we had this rattlesnake infestation right outside the back door. And well, earlier it was, that it was day, death, um, it was death of the firstborn, so and it was really just the male children, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's close. okay, it's close. Right. listen, I'm you know. I know you identify as ancient Egyptian, and I'm sorry if that was a microaggression that offended you. Hebrew, Hebrew. Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, we left we left them homies in the uh, in the sea, right? Shalom, my Teardrop for the Egyptians. The <laughs> <laughs> saying, snake ain't nothing to fuck with. Okay. I agree with you. All right, um, moving on. Is there anything else to discuss this week? Now we've tackled ancient Egypt. How to how to give respect to snakes? Let's oh, give, let's, um, yes. Here's something, Tiger Global. Let's give respect to them because they had a good month, and you're always so you know what? Hard on that them. that is fair. Both um, of you guys. That that's actually really fair. I feel like I think we should be intellectually fair and, and honest in our praise. Tiger Global's investors are probably only down high 40% now after they put up like a mid-single-digit month when the (laughs) S&P was down last month. So credit where credit's due. Come on. um, Cheers to them. Yeah. I mean, there is a phrase in markets, even a dead cat bounces, but... um, Even a dead cat bounces. Yeah. I like that. But uh, no. Well, well, that's, yeah. Well well done, guys. Well done. Come on. And... um, Guess you just didn't mark any privates down last month, probably. So, (laughs) (laughs) would have been the month to do it, you know? Like, what are they doing? They think they could put two of these in a row together? Like, damn, that's that's pretty that's that's pretty aggressive there, Chase. Yeah. So anyway, Um, um, so well, the final thing, 
I mean, you know, like we were, you know, in our aspirations to become as big as Tiger Global, but, you know, maybe actually do, you know, kind of like be earning the fees. Um, you were you were talking about the new ESG plan for Muddy Waters. Yes. Um, so yesterday uh, we published a report, another one of these like bullshit ESG. It's just another dressed up financing scam, black box rubbish with a fancy nice wrapper on it. And uh, we were we were actually having a call with a PR agency this morning discussing something else. He was like, well, you know, what's the plan? I'm like, the actual plan? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, no, he was asking, he was asking like, well, what do you want to accomplish? Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you want to accomplish? Yes. I was like, he actually said that. Same thing. <laughs> same plan as always, Pinky. Try and get filthy rich. So um, within and that. He thinks you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> little does he know. Little he, does he know. <laughs> little does he know. But um, within that, we, we had a whole discussion about what Muddy Waters would do if we became a proper global hedge fund and how we would spend the much larger management fees and we uh we came to the conclusion that the best way to do this and stick it to the esg crowd would be to get an enormous corporate jet um and not because like oh it would save us time traveling from a to b no no, no just because it's a terrible terrible use of carbon and the idea was generally only Carson and myself would fly on it, plus the pilot. And, um, and we, could, would, we would, would I be two pilots. Would two I pilots. be cargo? You could. Um, uh, well, maybe. The, the main part of the plane was we want to hollow out the entire inside and have one of those massive tables like Vladimir Putin yes. has made out of marble. So it's extra heavy. So it's burning like extra amounts of um, a, with a marble floor with a, with a marble floor so that we can just sit at the end of the table like putin and his generals hopefully i'll last longer than some of putin's generals although and hopefully by then carson will be okay with coming closer to people because of covid um but uh yeah that that was the idea and then we want to get the engine converted to have it just run on bunker fuel because uh Kerosene is too efficient for our likings. Um, one additional update I thought, just to give it that like ESG sheen, yeah. we could have some non-working solar panels on the roof. Oh, <laughs> now we're That would thinking. reduce aerodynamic um, flow and not work and add weight. So that, that was some ideas we had to kind of make the whole thing look nice in ESG. No, I, I, think, I think the way to do it is they work, you just put them on the bottom of the plane. <laughs> um, and then a, a key thing would be that there's like a really adept radar detection system, not for missiles, for any of Larry Fink's properties as we fly over them. And it automatically flushes all toilets simultaneously that so we can like, just dump on yeah. it. Yeah, so that's, that's... that's the idea for the corporate jet. Let's make that happen. Not the corporate jet. 2023. The, the ESG policy. The ah. ESG policy, exactly. ESG policy, yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's really a downer. But, you know, look, we'll, we'll, t we'll fly it to ESG investment conferences <laughs> to raise money. Hopefully. I mean, you know, we'll fly it to, like, you know, save the whale galas and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, yeah. 
Let's have, good. Let's just have it flying at all times. Save the world. Whether, we, whether anyone's on it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just constantly repositioning yeah. it like Elon does <laughs> like from Jeff, like the valley to, yeah, like to LAX. Style. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Nice. Cool. Nice. All right, guys. Cool. Well, another great episode of solving Clearly. the world's problems and giving people practical advice like how to That's protect yourself against snakes. Well, save the whale. Save the whale. <laughs> <laughs>